Greetings, ladies and mendigants, and welcome to this narration of the web novel Burning Stars, Falling Skies, taken from both HFY and Royal Road. The link to the original will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please subscribe, like, and comment so that the great algorithm in all its wisdom decides to help grow this channel. Chapter 4 Queen of the Swamp The journey to the mountains proceeded without a setback or interruption. Threedak found enough flint and limestone to fill two of her crude pots before returning home. Already her mind whirred and spun with plans for her collected treasures. The limestone would be cooked in a kiln to make the quicklime which she would use to mix with the sand from the desert to create mortar, whitewash and concrete. The flint would be chipped and napped into an axe and shovel heads that she needed to finish Lament's construction. She was a long way from steam power or internal combustion engines, but they represented a solid first step. She was mentally interrogating the pigments of Mara Prentice and Mudat Singh, the human metallurgist and civil engineer that she had consumed in the desert, about the best way to go about making a kiln when she arrived home. Threedak stopped suddenly. Dodge tile tracks circled around her house, deeply imprinted in the wet soil. Her tongue flicked out, tasting the air. The fading flavor of the stale and ungroomed scales assaulted her senses. No one was nearby, but the tracks were recent. She sighed gently, setting both of her pots down and next to the wall of her house. She had hoped that the swamp tribe would leave her alone long enough for her daughters to awaken, but it would seem that Threedak would have no such luck. Removing the needle pistol from her mouth, she briefly consulted the murky memories she liberated from the swamp tribesmen before setting out into the misty bog for the swamp tribe settlement. She chuffed herself. It was hardly a settlement. Rather, the tribal priests lived in a rotten-out log of a gigantic tree that fell on its own an age ago. The rest of the tribe simply sheltered in the shadow of the trees nearby to escape the elements. Without the plentiful water and the mild elements of the swamp, the poor living arrangements of the tribe would have led to the deaths of everyone but the priests for exposure long ago. None of them would have survived a sandstorm in the desert or a cold snap in the mountains. Still, Threedak thought, chuckling dryly, if Mother Nature wouldn't discipline her wayward and soft children, Threedak could take up that mantle. Given that the swamp tribe wouldn't leave her alone, all she could do was turn them into protein that her daughters would need to grow stronger. Part of her rebelled at the callousness that had become part of her since consuming the humans, but she knew that it was necessary. Without her, the Dodge Tull would continue, barely sapient, to scrape out the limited existence from the harsh planet. Even above and beyond her own desire for self-preservation, she owed it to her people to survive long enough to set them on the correct path. Her muzzle broke into an unfamiliar, human-style smile, ultimately. The self-doubt and concern about her own mortality and arrangements were laughable in the face of circumstances. Just ten days ago, she didn't even understand the concept of ethics. 
She didn't even possess the sense of awareness or self needed to be arrogant. The swamp tribe didn't suffer from her doubts and introspection. They wouldn't hesitate to kill her and take her protein and calories if she failed today, and their actions wouldn't have anything to do with arrogance or reasoning. They would act out of hunger and instinct, just like Dak had before she had encountered the humans. Unlike the desert, the swamp didn't have any predators large enough to menace the Dajtal, so the tribe didn't have any sentries standing guard. She scoffed as her eyes ran over the disorganization of the camp. Dajtal slept, ate, or mated without real care for concern around the large down tree. Young and males, both tiny and non-sapiens, scurried about underfoot. Threedak tried to think of the best way to eliminate the threat posed by the encampment, for a second, she entertained the idea of trying to poison their food, but then Threedak realized that the simplicity of a society would protect them. Each tribeswoman other than the priest collected her own food. There was no central reserves for Threedak to target. Even if their water didn't come from a central cistern or well, instead, Threedak would need to use irreplaceable needles from her pistol. Silently, she sighted the weapon as the Dutch tall dozing next to the half-eaten remains of a hotden. The needle pistol bucked in her hand, and with a crack, her opponent's sloped forehead disappeared into a cloud of red mist. Several a nearby tribeswoman glanced up, confused, but without context for the sound or the flechette breaking the sound barrier. Threedek depressed the firing stud once again, and another Dutch tall collapsed, missing much of her throat. One of the Dutch doll witnessed the second death in plated her neck pouches and let out a keening howl. First one, then another of the surviving tribeswomen joined her. The low thrum of their vibrating pouches combined with a cacophony of sound, alerting the entire camp. Still, none of them swatted Threedak as she crouched low and fired again, eliminating a third Dutch doll. She had to be careful with her aim. Human weapons were designed to fight the armored encountered suits and the invaders and other humans, neither of which approached the majestic size of an adult female Dutch doll. As powerful as the needle pistol was, it simply wasn't intended to cope with their scaly bulk, and a misplaced shot would injure but not kill the tribeswoman. Despite her methodical campaign against the locals, Threedak didn't want them to suffer. They needed to die so that her daughters might live, but that didn't mean that they had done anything wrong. Threedak fired again, bringing down yet another Dutch doll. Despite the chaos and the stress around her, she remained unseen. The swamp tribe was panicking. Dutch doll were milling about their downed comrades, tails blinking in agitation. From her hiding spot, crouched behind the stump of a tree, she could hear them shouting about the strange thunder that was striking them down. One was claiming that the campsite must be cursed and that it was time to move on to the mountains or the desert. The tribe priests exited her home, scales gray with age, and hissed to gather their attention. Threedak aimed the needle pistol at her, waiting for the priests and tried to rally the tribe. The elderly priest spoke, the tribe calmed, their tails still the swished to and fro with agitation, but they were no longer at risk of routing. Redak fired the pistol, cutting the priest in mid-word with a sharp crack that eliminated most of her head. Then the tribe panicked. Redak made sure to bring down some of their larger and more impressive and scarred members with a needle pistol. 
Solitary, Dodgetal usually weren't as hostile and territorial as the foreign tribe, but she didn't want to risk the fight with someone almost twice her size. The rest she let scatter. Eventually, her daughters would bring them to heal, but until then, there was no real purpose in tormenting the poor creatures when they posed no threat to her. Threedak checked the needle pistol and sighed. Only six shots left. Once the tribe broke up and started fleeing, she hadn't been able to get clear shots anymore. For many of the Swamp Tribe warriors, it had taken multiple shots to bring them down. With her inherited memories and skills, Threedak really missed. It just took a head and neck shot to kill something the size of a Dutch tull. For many of her targets, once they were moving fast enough that a headshot couldn't be assured, she didn't have any choice but to waste three to four needles to bring them down via blood loss. Hesitantly, she approached the corpses strewn about the former camp. It was all a waste. The other tribes would rather kill than talk to her, so Threedak didn't have a choice but to commit the atrocity. But that didn't alleviate the newfound guilt. The worst of it was that she could have used their help, Excavating clay and building crude dwellings was difficult and time-consuming work. If she had the support of a simpler Dutch tull, it would speed the process immeasurably, allowing Threedak to focus more on rarefied labor such as prospecting in the nearby mountains for the materials that she would need to spur her nascent civilization into an industrial revolution such as copper, tin, iron, and coal seams. She leaned down and began eating the Swamp Tribe priest. The priest's memories were clearer than the three scavengers, a testament to the quality of the food that she likely reserved for herself at the expense of the tribe. The final thoughts of the priest rushed into her mind, but there was no surprise for Threedak. The priest's recollections confirmed her suspicions that the priests intentionally reserved the choicest of game for themselves so that their daughters would dominate the social hierarchy of the tribe but there wasn't much else of interest. The actual religion itself wasn't anything more than a collection of semi-mystical thoughts passed down from one ancestor to another about the holiness of the swamp and the importance of observing the flow of the stars to predict the coming of the great cold. Threedak snorted, her muzzle still wet with the priest's blood. She supposed that it was something that the priesthood understood enough about astronomy to predict the coming winter but other than that, they served no real purpose to the tribe. She didn't even use her position of honor to try and improve the standing in her tribe, instead focusing on maintaining what power she already had. It was a shame that such a reverence was wasted on a collection of parasites. At her home, she moved on to the next corpse, one of the large scarred Dutch tall that had accompanied the priest out of her home. Its recollections were murky, muddied, and unhelpful, the priest had used her as an enforcer, but the confused Dutch doll had barely realized it. Most of its memories were littered with vague promises and proclamations from the priest about how the more free-thinking tribeswomen were rebels and heretics. As fearsome as the swamp tribe's reputation had been amongst the surrounding tribes, it seemed that most of their might had been focused inward on maintaining the power of their priesthood. Maybe... She was just being too harsh on her sisters, Threedak mused. Early human history was full of similar stories, before their race unified behind a single government. It was common occurrence for a charismatic leader to stoke the fires of animosity or irrational hatred for personal gain. 
Human history repeated itself innumerable times with religion and national boundaries being the most common target when their leaders tried to draw attention away from their own corruption and mistakes. It was more or less the same story with less guile amongst the Dutch Tull. Really, the priests didn't have to engage in such sophisticated lies and propaganda to turn the people against each other. Ignorance, instinct, and hunger did most of the hard work for them. Dak continued eating until both of her stomachs were up past capacity. She dragged her slowly and bloated body back to lament, heavy with the protein and memories of the swamp tribe, renumerating on their mistakes. When her daughters were born, they would have to find a way to strike a more harmonious accord with them. Once they awakened their memories, they would be much smarter than the average Dutch tull, so the usual lies and mysticism wouldn't be enough to control them. Even if the half-truths and propaganda would work, that wasn't the foundation on which Threedak wanted to build her society. She settled into her memories, querying a fragment of John Reeves to try and determine how to structure her new tribe, while she digested what remained of the last one. Lament would need to be a meritocratic society, but Threedak refused to create a culture without purpose. That was a fatal mistake humanity made, allowing hedonism and self-expression to rule the day at the expense of unity and purpose. They became distracted and didn't prepare adequately for the possibility that terrors might lie in wait beyond the boundaries of the Empire. Her daughters would be born knowing the dangers of waiting for them as soon as they left the cradle of their planet. There wouldn't be time for them to grow complacent and introverted. Every action they took needed to focus on developing their world until the Dodge Tower were ready to step into space and avenge humanity against the invaders. Even if her daughters didn't share her desire for vengeance, Threedak suspected that the invaders weren't keen to share the galaxy with any other race. Mulling through John's memories, Threedak quickly discarded free markets and democracy. While such systems would spur innovation and produce great wealth, that was something for the far future. Right now, she had thousands of years of cultural and technological innovation stored in her skull, just waiting for her daughters to develop sophisticated enough tools to implement it. At least for the time being. Lament would be a command economy with her as the ultimate ruler. Unlike a newborn whelp, the nascent Dodge Doll society would need a firm but steady hand to guide it into the shape that it must ultimately take. Chuckling, she anointed herself Queen Threedak I, Queen of the Swamp and Lord of Lament. Although feudalism certainly had its flaws, it granted its royalty the authority and control that she needed. She could grant titles as needed to her daughters to reward them and delegate authority. But for now, Lament would have a clear hierarchy with a family situated at the top. End of chapter. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you enjoyed the story, please follow the link down below and let the author know. If you wish to support this channel, you can do all the usual YouTube gumph, like subscribing, following, and more importantly, sharing. All of these things do help the channel grow. If you wish to do more, there are links for donations, Patreon, and channel memberships as well. And until the next time, I hope that you all have a wonderful one. I will see you in the next video. Cheers.